Hello and welcome to episode five of the Two Tones. Tony DeBolfo. G'day, Hello. Tone. How are you? Tony Moclair here. A um, lot to get through today. Um, Tone, the NAB Challenge Game 3 for the Blues. Let's start with that because I, I thought it was a terrific game. Look, it was, it was. It had its ebbs and flows, didn't it? And certainly, I guess what we saw from the Carlton team were, you know, you know, patches of really good play yeah. interspersed with moments where maybe, you know, the effort tapered it somewhat. Yeah. But, That'd you be know, fitness, wouldn't it? M- maybe, maybe. But I think maybe it's... Or experience. Experience yeah. or lack thereof. But, you know, at our absolute best, it was magnificent to see... Uh, Carlton really put it to Sydney, as they did for a period of the of the initial game against Hawthorne. Mm. And you know, Carlton's best is, is is really really good to watch. The big issue for the team this year will be, uh, you know, how long they can sustain it, not mm. only from quarter to quarter, but game to game. That's mm. going to be the real test. But but I, I, I'm the vibe I get, you know, just speaking to people that uh, were there who saw the game, uh, is that. They're really um, buoyed by the way the players are going about it. Mm. Uh, they uh, ask for nothing more than an honest, an honest effort. Mm. And it's fair to say that we're getting that from from this group under uh, Brendan Bolton right now. So I think that's where the signs are so very, very promising. Well, if you look at the best players for Carlton, there's some uh, some new names or names that uh, don't. Or maybe haven't figured prominently amongst the best uh, over the the years. Well, Carriage, for example, continues to impress. Um, Nick Graham. I mean, what when you've got opposition supporters saying to you, "I noticed him. He's a really good player. How long has he been at the club?" That sort of thing. That that's a, a real pat in the back. I think it, it is. And, and Graham's such a prolific uh, possession gatherer too. You know, he seems to always get where the ball is and uh, I think that's an enormous advantage to have uh, as, a, as a midfielder. He seems to have that happy knack of, of getting possession Yeah, and I think, you know, now that he's been what, two or three years at the place we're starting to really see um, a seasoned player emerge you know? yeah. and and, yeah. and like you say, Tony, with Carriage, you know, we saw amazing um, um, moments of Crips mm-hmm. in full flight. You know mm-hmm. the uh, the way he was. You know he, he was so seemingly effortlessly clearing the ball. You know mm. uh, just before he was uh, putting cotton wool early in the mm. third quarter. Um, and then you know Blaine Bowkirst, another one who's who's making steady progress. You know we we're starting to see um, a lot of players uh, really. Um, you know. I guess, stake their claim. And Carlton can only benefit from that. Well, uh, Jakob Weitering <laughs> continues <laughs> continues to impress. So you look at that between... I mean, obviously, it's early days, but um, if you, you know, look, you take your positives where you can see them. Between Carriage uh, and uh, Weitering, um, that's exciting that... It, it speaks to the quality of the pickups that yes. the club has made. Yes, very the, true. Yeah, v- very true. And we were talking off air a moment ago, weren't we? About um, you know the, that first uh, appearance against Essendon, yeah. uh, where Vatering you know made such a uh, a heady you know impression. Um, well, he just looks at home out there. He the looks paddock. so at and home, he, and, he, and we said, didn't we? You know about you know that Bruce Dool, yeah, the great Bruce Dool was watching on from the gardener stand, and what he must have thought is that you know you know that 
that player that just delivered week in, week out for years yeah. at Sinaf back, what he must have thought of a player like uh, Vatering with his um, his presence, his poise, and um, you know the fact that he didn't get flustered at all yeah. any time the ball came his way. So uh, there's a lot to like about where uh, where the the club is going on the backs of, of young players like this who are, you know, starting out on their careers? Well, it, uh, I, I only say this because I uh, spoke to a, a diehard Sydney Swans fan. Um, this is Peter Grubby Stubbs, yes. if you know him, yes. um, who I have the pleasure of knowing. He's a great bloke. And he was... Grandson he, of Dave Crone, former Carlton footballer and president too, by the way. Oh, really? He's been very quiet about that. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, he um, He's not always uh, forthcoming with praise for the Carlton Football Club, strangely enough. But what just uh, was... Uh, just acknowledge the effort that the team had made, that, that, that it was a fair income game and yes. it was no easy victory for, for the Swans. Which just goes to show, Tony, respect gained is yeah. respect earned. Mm. And, you know, the only way that the players under Brendan Bolton will, will earn respect is if they do the right things, you know, yeah. and do them um, uh, for for as long as possible because uh, we need to be in games, you know, and, and uh, I, I guess what we're seeing at the moment is some, you know, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? You know, there's, it's a, it's spasmodic somewhat, yeah. you know, uh, you know, we Fitful. see, yes, yes. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure that it's an area of the game that the players can and will work on. And, um, but the, 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 what we've seen of Carlton so far Spasmodically is really, really mm. good, you know, and um, and let's hope they can you know, up the ante there in terms of their, you know, their collective uh, output in games and and re- really start to challenge teams. Well, we've seen the genesis of that in the journey, which is uh, what we're going to talk about now. Half hour documentary, fly in the wall documentary, I guess, about the reset of a football club it was on Fox Footy the other night. Yes, um, it is a remarkable bit of documentary making because the the uh, the media unit here at the club were granted unprecedented access that said a lot but this this really was and you um, you get a warts and all uh, portrait of Brendan Bolton and he is a truly fascinating character mm, and mm. The, you know and what, how he is inspiring the people around him Neil Craig's the the players that sort of mm, thing mm. Um, what stood out from the journey to you Tony DeBelfo? Look there were so many things that I suppose you know to start we have to commend Darcy Muller I know Luca Ganano worked hard on it and also Richard Carl took that magnificent footage on location at the Silvani household the oh, night Jack's yes. name was read out. That's awesome. There were so many elements to this uh, to this documentary. It's hard to actually pick one or two highlights. There were plenty, and it was it was was riveting television. There's no doubt about it. Uh, the media department should be commended h- highly for this, as should the football department for allowing allowing mm. uh, un, uh, you know unfettered access. And I, I said to Luca early in the week, what's fantastic about this? This piece of film is that it's now in the in the can, and and I think as time goes on, the years go on, maybe we look back on this as a as a pivotal pivotal moment in carbon mm. history, and uh, you know maybe we look at it along we 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 regard it in the same breath as the the Barassi cross from Melbourne yep. way back in in um, sixty end of sixty four, and uh, you know you talked about Brendan Bolton and the impact that a person can have on the place. Well, if you see that 
that film, you you get to realise what impact Brendan Bolton has already had on the on the on yeah. the, not only the players but on on everyone connected with the Carlton club. And I, again, I'm reminded of the story that I heard when Barassi came into. Uh, Princess Park it was like he flicked the switch mm. on the place, and it just sort of uh, the, the place took off. And uh, I think that's what we see. We see the influence of a, of a man on a group of people. Um, we see a group of young people that are willing to learn and, and are, are, are willing to be taken taken on the journey. Mm. Um, and what we th- what we see, I think, is buy in from everyone connected with the club on where where the club is trying to go. Um, so. Uh, in terms of highlights, look, you know there were there were so many. You know, we mentioned the Silvani moment the, at the day of the draft, and um, you know we saw, you know, the group of players led by Vitering mm. uh, down in in Hobart in yeah. Ta- Tasmania, I think. Um, uh, the leadership that 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 he took amongst his group of of young men who have all got this this uh, thing in common, in that they were drafted together yeah uh, and are starting out together so um what can i say it was a it was a magnificent video and um it's tremendous that it's on record now for all to see because um i think as time goes on the value of of that behind the scenes account of what what is happening at carlton is only going to prove uh, even more significant. The, you mentioned the sleep deprivation exercise that's uh, yes. which is actually an SAS uh, selection Oh, tool and then yeah, when they uh, uh, they you know try to whittle down the number of people to, to actually get into the regiment. One of the things they put them through is sleep deprivation. Yes, and, and uh, uh, <clears throat> it was he just so naturally stood up. Yes, and, and this is a thing. I mean, I I know I've said this a couple of times, but there's there's emerging leaders at this club, yes. which is really genuinely exciting. And 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 when that team photo was taken of the oh, draftees to see him it, it look down worth, at the Guernsey, yeah. You know, and, and to and to really study it and, and and immerse himself in what the letters CFC actually meant. You yeah. know, I, I think for anyone seeing that vision, you can't help but be inspired to see a Jakob Vitering wearing yeah. the Guernsey and B almost seeing his mind ticking over as he, he he started to contemplate what wearing the dark navy blue Guernsey actually means to him and um, I just thought I thought that was an incredible bit of footage the other the other moment that stood out was the the um, the meeting of minds uh, at that restaurant in St Kilda oh how about that Shadow and Paddy Cripps yes. you know, and, and I think what was great about that that offered a, an insight into Chris Judd um, uh, what his um, fashion choices the jacket yeah there was a it's it, 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 <laughs> He looked yeah, like a consigliere or something, didn't he? <laughs> he did. He did. I, I don't know if he was – was he stirring his espresso with his teaspoon? <laughs> he, he I'm was not a, sure. He was about there to was make Cripper yeah. an offer he couldn't refuse. <laughs> yeah, there were there were shades of uh, Don Fanucci, I suppose, with that. But, um, but I think what was magnificent about it was how um, how totally measured Judd was and uncomplicated he was in, in trying to impart – his knowledge on a young fellow like Patrick Cripps, you know, mm. just uh, not perhaps not to look too far ahead or to overanalyze things and just be yourself and uh, and look at the challenges in front of you and, and deal with them as they come along. Judd, uh, he didn't overanalyze or over dramatize anything, mm. and it was magnificent to see, you know, the mind of of a, of a play of Chris Judd's character, you know, and 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 what Patrick Cripps 
obviously got out of it, you know, and, and, and it was just a, a great thing to see. And it was lovely to see Chris Judd giving a bit back like that, wasn't it? Well, it was, and no doubt Cripper, who has the job, would have paid for Juddy's coffee because Juddy is unemployed, of course. <laughs> so good on you, Creeper there. But what, um, yeah. what uh, stood out for me was Judd's uh, observation. I never really thought about this, but people generally uh, underest- underestimate their abilities in the short term and overestimate them in the long term. Yes. So the, the thrust of what he was saying to Cripper is um, basically you worry about the things you can control. And that's that was his message, mm. and I think it was just basically saying, "Don't uh, to Cripper, don't get caught up in uh, you know in, in criticism or external criticism or that sort of stuff." And just the, for me, I thought it's a great way of keeping Cripper grounded in what is going to be a year where he gets a lot of attention. Yes, just yes. on and off the field, and so to have that kind of mentoring relationship is a great credit to the club and a great credit to Chris Judd. Very true, and if you think of it from Cripps's perspective, isn't it magnificent that in, you know in times of duress or you know whatever obstacle service along the way that he can turn to someone like Judd for advice? Mm. You know, that, not fashion advice. No, just- no, no. I, the last time I saw a jacket like that. I reckon Dick Pratt wore to Launceston. Was that oh, really? Sky Blue number that, oh, yeah. that you know I, I could recall donning the shades to um, sort of protect my my eyes from the from the, the glare that it was giving off. But um, it was extraordinary uh, outfit. But there you go, there you go. Who who are we to um, poke fun at the great man's fashion sense? The, uh, <clears throat> the other thing that you get from uh, the journey is well. Brendan Bolton's just absolute dedication and just his love for what he does. Yes. I know we've mentioned the the uh, pivotal moment in his life where he dropped his dad off or his dad dropped him off at work and his dad he realised his dad went to work at a job that he didn't love. But what you get with Bolton is total immersion mm, mm. in the job, in the, the sense of purpose that he has and how that radiates. I mean, there's, there's great footage of him in the, I don't know what it's called, the briefing room or whatever downstairs. And you can hear a pin drop when he yes. talks. And um, he just he makes the point to, and I can never pronounce his name, Villajo Rainbow? Yes, Dylan Villajo Rainbow, yeah. yes. Um, just, the warrior? Yes, well, comparing uh, Jammo with his 140 games. Yes. And, but, but says to um, uh, Mr. Rainbow, and I, I thought this was a very interesting point, that you get the sense with Bolton that no man will be left behind. Mm. Very true, and I remember saying previously, you know, with uh, my personal observations of Brendan Bolton is, is where you meet people in life footy in life who are passionate mm. he's fanatic yeah about his football you know and and uh, yeah you can just see that uh, just basically you know pouring off him mm. you know in, in particularly in those scenes you know in the in the theaterette where yeah. and I think what was interesting in that bit of footage too tone reflecting on it was how on edge the players actually were that mm. you know they were hanging off every word Brendan Bolton was uttering, and you could also tell just reading the you know the, uh, the just reading the faces of the players that uh, they knew they were being challenged, and they were and you you know they were waiting, or they were trying to think of a re- the right response to mm. the, to the questions that were being put to them by Brendan Bolton, and there's no doubt he's he's got them uh, thinking totally different thoughts about their preparation, about you know uh, their their very existences as, as league footballers, you know, in the in the in the jungle, and um, uh, he's really thrown it to him, and I, I think that's what comes through in the 
in the in the video. At least that was what I thought. Well, there, there's the old Machiavelli line: "It's better to be feared than loved." Yes. So you you know maybe he's channeling a bit of that, and yes. that, that might not be a bad thing. But you do you do certainly get the sense that they're on tenterhooks when he's talking. Yes. That they that there's a cost for not listening. Yes. Um, and that uh, well that, that just reflects that whole kind of buy-in thing. Yeah. I, I like what he said too. What he said to them. When we go out and train, we kick the ball around a bit and we warm up and that's all really nice. When the siren goes, how much time do you have to warm up after the umpire bounces the ball? You mm. don't have any. You've mm. got to be ready, ready. to go. Yep. You've, you know, when the, when the siren goes. And <clears throat> so I've got a sense that, yeah, they're being absolutely primed for combat from the second that they hit the field. And that's, that's a good feeling. That's true. And, and here we are. What the time clock's ticking. We're, you know, we're a week out now, aren't we, to mm. uh, r- round one. And uh, you're right. You know, when the, when the, the ball is bounced in anger... Um, there's going to be, um, you know, uh, a, a war of attrition mm. waged, and and the players have to be ready for it because uh, this is the, the the world of AFL football, isn't it? Well, it is, and <clears throat> especially if um, Richmond can manage to field more than fifteen players, it should be a real game. <laughs> 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 now, speaking of Murph, is pushing for selection for round one, which is uh, uh, well, <clears throat> having had a very quiet nab. Uh, nab season, well, he nab has, season. you know, and uh, I mean, you know, I, I'm, I guess they've, uh, you know, they've taken a softly, softly approach with him. You know, he, it has. We haven't seen him yet in mm. the uh, the pre-match, the pre-round one preparations, but you know, we we're reliably informed that he's ready to go, um, and we'll lead them out against the Tigers come round one. Um, well, he's simply got to be ready, doesn't he? Yeah, you know, it's, it all starts uh, Thursday night, and. Um, uh, He'll be cherry ripe, ready to go, and um, as will you know the the twenty two that take to the field. Um, so it's uh, I think it's really starting to get exciting. And for the thinking about it from a player's perspective, you know, it'd be interesting to know at what point the the nerves start to kick in. Mm-hmm. And the challenge for all of them, you know, with the, particularly the younger players or the players that are on the cusp of making their senior debuts for Carl, how do they control that, that nervous energy leading into the game? Um, so the spotlight will be on uh, round one. The world will be watching the mm-hmm. MCG on Thursday night, and um, you know, let's just hope the the boys can measure up to the to the task because um, it would be great to um, to begin the year on the right note. Well, if you're so if you're invested in the outcome, and I I would say if you're invested in the journey, and that that title is a, a very kind of freighted one, if you, because that's essentially what we're on. And your definition of success, I know, I know from my point of view, definition definition of success is not necessarily victory. It's just um, I don't want to see capitulation. No, I'm just you just and I I know I speak for a lot of people. You just want effort. That you just want the team to die trying. Yes, and and, and that's right. And and I think that's. I think that's what's heartened so many supporters uh, over the uh, the rehearsals, mm. so to speak. That we we have seen honesty of performance, and that's all you ask. That's all you ask in the players. At the end of the day, if uh, if you can walk away saying your team gave it, it's all. Yeah, you can't ask for anything more than no, that. No, exactly. Um, now, just on the uh, the Sydney game, Tony DeBolfo, Daisy suspended for a week, uh, hitting a former teammate. <laughs> What, yeah. what was there a bit of was there ever niggle between those guys here? I'm, I'm not sure what the history was there, but um, I must admit when I saw it, I thought that um, uh, Jerry Laidler had probably 
milked it for all it was worth. <laughs> she you really. know. But there you go. Maybe Daisy gets a week for stupidity. Yeah. I mean, you know, you just in this day and age, you can't, you know, you can't uh, get sucked into these things. Yeah. You know, and it, didn't Laidley do psychology? Did I get that oh. right? Diagon. I always get those oh, two confused. Right. No, it was yeah, Diagon yeah. who was doing yeah. psychology. Yeah. I thought maybe you just, you know, the rope of dope was just a bit well, of a, well, you know, something you know, he's learning at university. You know, you walk away, don't you, Tony? Well, you should. You walk away, The surely. big man should. You know, but then again, but then again, you know, maybe I'm selling um, uh, Dale Thomas short because, you know, Brendan Bolton is on record to say he wants his players playing on the edge. Mm. You know, and okay, maybe, maybe Daisy did overstep the mark, but... Um, perhaps we can't be too critical because uh, maybe what we're seeing is a, a change of mindset here and, mm. you know, um, you're going to have full-on uh, competitors uh, running out in the dark navy blue goons here. That's what you want. Well, Daisy has copped it this week in the media um, for... Uh, well, Kevin Bartlett has had a real go at him saying he's not in Carlton's best 22. And then there was an article in uh, the Herald Sun... Uh, yesterday, just uh, a comment about the deal, the three and a half million dollar deal. Um, how do you think Daisy will go throughout the course of the year? What do you? Because he's he's got to have that year, doesn't he? Where he's got to have the year that we remember him by. Very true, and I, I'm sure play of his experience and understanding of the game, um, you know, understands and appreciates where where he's at mm. in terms of his career. So yeah, you're very you're very right in what you're saying. You know, this is this is a uh, a massive year for for Dale Thomas, and he did for a lot of Carlton players for different reasons. But but yeah, I, I mean, he's given himself a pretty good chance at having, by and large, completed an injury free pre season. Mm. That's got to give him some sort of opportunity to to make a real impact. You know, he, he I mean, his year was cruelled yeah. in the opening minute last year. You know, and it, it, it's such a shame the suspension when you think you know this was the game. 12 mm. months ago that he went down and how he, how he must have been looking forward to the opportunity just to prove him wrong. Mm. Um, we're going to have to wait a week, but I'm sure, you know, Dale Thomas being the pro that he is, will come back and come back hard. Um, but, you know, it's an enormous challenge. Well, look forward to that. It could be one of the many great stories in Carlton in 2016. Um, now, we've covered off the form of uh, Nick Graham and Blaine Bockhurst. Burkhurst. Yes. Still... Um, Really, uh, can we? We have some of the most unpronounceable names in the AFL. I mean, <laughs> yeah. wh- why is that? And what does the list manager do about that? Well, that's a very good question. Maybe we we revert to nicknames, or maybe we go to the numbers. You know, do, do we revert to the to the Guernsey numbers? Just to <laughs> which which reminds that me might, of a, com- that might pose more problems. Well, somebody, somebody once uh, said that they swear this is true. That there was. Um, there was Melbourne supporter at the MCG barracking for her team going, go Melbourne numbers one through that. <laughs> well, it seals the deal in one, in one utterance, doesn't it? it does, you know, you've got the yeah. whole team covered in, you know. Yeah. Jack Dyer used to refer to them, he, Melbourne supporters, he'd la, 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 he would uh, describe them as. He had oh, yeah. That, he had uh, that, with their arms reaching up like giant testicles. That's, that that's was it. it. That was that's it. That. But, um, yeah, that's a great line, isn't it? Mm. Uh, one of the great football lines. I hadn't heard that one <laughs> there's, before. There's many of them. Now, before we go, Tone, you've got um, yes. uh, an in memoriam. I do indeed. For the late Ivan Rort, president of the Carlton Football Club, you talk about interesting names. Ivan was the son of a Norwegian-born father and an English-born mother. Grew up in Yarram, born in 1920, and 
Uh, he died last Wednesday at the age of 95, two weeks shy of his 96th birthday, and he was farewelled at a, uh, a funeral service on on um, Wednesday. Yesterday he, he was farewelled. And um, what was interesting about his life, a little bit, little to tell the listeners a little bit, in 1934 he, he commenced schooling at the age of 14, quite wow. late, because he was working with his father on a farm in Yarram. And yet, unfortunately, through the Depression, because of the Depression, he was pulled out of school uh, uh, 10 weeks into that year. So he never really had an opportunity academically. He followed his father into the hotel trade later on. Um, Actually uh, ran the Rising Sun Hotel in Ligon Street for many years. Oh, really? uh, And was a a City of Melbourne councillor. Yep. Uh, Hence uh, Carlton's interest in securing him to the the committee under Uh, George Harris's watching six, the end of 64, they were obviously instrumental in getting Ron Barassi across to Carlton, that mm. committee, the Progress Party as it was known. And uh, what we saw was a tribute to a man who was um, not only involved with the City Council, the football club, Princess Hill High School in the area, but also Mount Royal Hospital. Mm. His director helped a lot of people you know, that, that needed help. Uh, that was probably his greatest legacy, uh, as his son Richard mentioned in the, in the eulogy. But... The man that should be remembered, and this is, this is an historical fact, the only person in Carlton history to be a life member of the football club, the cricket club and the Carlton Social Club. How about so that? that? That was uh, the legacy of Ivan Rort, a president for three years from 1975 through seven. May he rest in peace. Indeed. Um, thank you for that, Tony DeBolfo. This has been the Two Tones Episode 5. We will catch you next week when we preview Round 1 of the 2016 AFL season.